This week's episode brought to you by Dwayne The Rock Johnson himself. When we reached out to Dwayne to see if he would like to advertise with Horror Movie Talk, he was quoted as saying, Get the fuck away from me. I don't even do horror movies. Well, 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 how easily we forget our humble beginnings as the Scorpion King. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk! (laughs) An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Panson, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost foremost expert in scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Mealy Mouth David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. And thank you guys so much for stopping by and giving a listen to Horror Movie Talk. We sure do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out our website, that would help us out a little bit. Go on over there to www.horrormovietalk.com. And from there, you can find links to all of our social media. And, you know, all the write-ups that we do for this show so uh yeah oh there's all kinds of stuff over there it's just crazy fun crap just a bunch of fun crap we post new episodes of the podcast every single wednesday so make sure to subscribe and leave a rating on itunes also you can check out my personal podcast the positivacast every single weekday um, it's just a short little podcast that'll give you, it's kind of like a shot of caffeine only instead of caffeine, it's positivity mixed with some incredibly black humor. And today I'm super, super excited because I think this may be one of the biggest shows that we do all year, Bryce. What do you think? Yeah, this should be a pretty popular one. It chapter two. It chapter two. A huge movie. It's coming at you. It's back. All kinds of. All kinds of It references. Uh, Today, as we talk about It Chapter 2, we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We do score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being terrible, 5 being totally average, and 10 being so good that it transcends genre boundaries and should probably win an Oscar, but it won't because it's a horror movie. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film and film. And later we will be doing my one of my favorite games that I think we've ever played. The second rendition of horror or porno. Yeah, this is the one where we we earn our explicit rating. Much, much um, debate, debacle, and uh, there's been a few, you know, it's ruffled a few feathers in my house anyway. If you want to hear Carrie's opinion of horror porno, check out our review of It 2017, where she makes a guest appearance. Yeah, she she comes on towards the end of the show and just berates me for for making horror porno, which Mm -hmm. is... I don't know. I think it's funny. She thinks it's not fair for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, it's she not... Just, she's just not... I mean, really what it comes down to is she's really not good at playing the game. Yeah. If all your facilities are intact, it's fair. Yeah. So, 
So, as I said, we saw It Chapter 2, and I have to say, I can make plenty of criticisms about this movie, but on the whole, it's a well-done ending to a high-budget franchise that has really delivered in the scares department. So, let's listen to the trailer. Something happens to you when you leave this town. The farther away, the hazier it all gets. But me, I never left. I remember all of it. Chapter 2 can be found in theaters right now on probably every single screen in your theater because it's kind of a big deal. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's a big deal. <coughs> if you would like to be reminded of the first chapter of this series, check out our review from last week where we go over the whole first chapter. And if you want to be reminded of the miniseries from 1990, <laughs> become a Patreon so you can get the patron-exclusive um, I mean, it's not even really a review. It's more we talk yeah, a little a, more in detail about it. Kind of a rundown and a criticism. Yeah. It Chapter 2 picks up 27 years later and after the first uh, iteration. <laughs> it <laughs> Just off the cuff on that. We're, uh, we've got only... We can only go up from here. <laughs> Uh, and it details the lives of the kids turned adults from the first movie. As a quick recap, our character list is Bev, the girl in the group, played by Jessica Chastain. Ben, the fat boy slash new kid turned CEO hunk, played by Jay Ryan. Bill, the stutterer turned author, 
played by James McAvoy, Rich, the biting wit who wears glasses turned comedian, played by Bill Hader, Mike, the token black kid who stayed in Derry, played by Isaiah Mustafa, Eddie, the Munchausen by proxy, by proxy kid turned Munchausen by proxy adult, played by James Ransone, and finally, Stan, the feeble Jewish kid turned feeble Jewish adult, played by Andy Bean. So, first off, I, I have to take, I don't think we talked about this, but the most absolute perfect casting best was Eddie. Yeah. The both kid Eddie, and adult Eddie, Eddie Kasprak because the adult Eddie Kasprak looks exactly like the child it's, Eddie Kasprak. His they they cast by eyebrows and got it perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that that at the you know at the outset of this this franchise they went okay let's let's match up some stars with some kids like let's yeah we're gonna do our homework ahead of time well there's an interesting story with bill Hader. um uh finn is it finn or flynn anyways the kid from stranger things that Mm -hmm. played um richie tozier yeah in the first one they asked him who he who he would want to to play, and he said Bill Hader. And then, like a couple days later, Bill Hader's agent got a call. And Bill Hader was like, "Is that kid the most powerful kid in Hollywood?" <laughs> <laughs> so he, <coughs> so Finn basically cast himself. But man, that that Eddie, the guy that plays Eddie, is like Perfect. uncanny how much he looks like that kid. The whole and casting took, for this is just in, is, is incredible. It took me a minute to figure out where I recognize James Ransone from, and it's from The Wire. He played he played Ziggy on The Wire. That's where that's where I was like, where the heck have I seen this guy? Yeah. Like I, I I was I was so sure I had seen him in some. He's got. He's just got those eyes that you fall into. Yeah, and he, yeah. he's almost... I mean, I had to check his IMDb because I was like, I know who that guy is. I yeah. can't place him. And, like, everything he's been in, I haven't watched except The Wire. But he is great in The Wire. It's uh, season two. He plays uh, Ziggy, kind of the the fuck-up brother of one of the protagonists of that season. He's just a dreamboat. <laughs> he flashes his dick everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, the casting in this movie is dead on. Just like the casting in the first movie was great, the casting in this is even better. I mean, Jessica Chastain, uh, James McAvoy, and they all matched up with their kids perfectly, and right. it was just it was just perfect. Um, so Mike has begun to notice nefarious happenings in Derry, and you might guess it's 27 years since the Losers Club made their pact to fight it if it ever came back. Mike sends the call out to all his long-lost friends, and they respond with dread, but they come home anyway. The Losers Club has a cloud of forgetfulness that has descended upon them in the time since their Derry days, and Mike, the only member to stay in Derry, has to help them recall what happened and how they can beat it. Yeah, that's part of the how it works is that if you move away from Derry, you start losing your memory, even though they have the most traumatic childhoods in the world. You'd think you'd remember, you know, attacking a scary clown, but yeah, apparently they, you don't. They do go on. They kind of they kind of make. I don't know if if you'd call it half baked attempts, but they're just kind of. I mean, they're kind of throw. It's kind of throwaway lines at at explaining. 
you know why it doesn't fucking matter it's really why they yeah. lost their memories like who cares yeah it's inter- it's interesting because in this movie they really try to integrate some of the lore in it mm-hmm. and much more so than they did in the miniseries or even it 2017 and there's a certain amount of just exposition that you have to put in the dialogue to even explain it and so some of this stuff it felt very much like the miniseries but it's delivered so much better yes. by better actors that's, that you're like all right that's that, a that good way sense. that's a good way to put it it's yeah. it's it's expositional and doesn't doesn't re- you don't really care and you don't need to know like it could be cut but it's it's handled with enough care that that it 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 flows and it fits yeah it doesn't it, it doesn't feel wedged in and they do enough of like you don't need to know all of this but this is like you need to understand that we understand it right kind of stuff which is pretty effective so as the losers club sets out on dairy they're reminded of the reason they left the clown the fear and the life they left behind it (coughs) stop doing that are you ever going to stop doing that It Chapter 2 is similar enough to the first movie that you can rely on many of the same things that worked. The intense subject matter, the your mom jokes, the camaraderie, they're all there. Uh, We even get the kids cast back for a bounty of flashbacks and memories. Um, It also has a hefty bag of very effective scares that are less frequent than the first movie, but much more potent. Yeah, I think the... Sorry, on, on the no. last point about the the younger cast. Yeah, um, I think there's probably only a few of them that they actually had to shoot for this movie. I think they shot a lot of it in the last movie footage that they'd be able to use. That would make sense because they knew that they were going to make Chapter Two. Yeah, like, I think it was already like a foregone conclusion. But the kids that were in this movie that like did shoot so stuff around Bill yeah. and and Georgie. Georgie, the kid that is cast as Georgie is just great. Perfect. I mean, I mean, it's it's one thing to be like a really cute kid yeah. that's innocent, but that kid can be super menacing and yeah. frightening when he's like yelling at you. Yeah, you got to wonder. Like, I'd be super interested to see how the director got him to just just start screaming, "You lied, I died!" Like, and like he was so angry about it. it gives me chills just thinking about it. Yeah. Where It Chapter 2 differs is the length and interesting subject matter. At the 2 hours and 49 minute mark, It Chapter 2 is more than a half hour longer than the first entry. I've never been a fan of long movies, just that's a, on a personal thing, because at the two and a half hour mark, I just feel like any reasonable story can fit everything and the kitchen sink in there, and I don't feel like this is an exception. My mind wandered multiple times through the emotion-driven dialogue, and it was a bit boring. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the action-laden ending either, but that being said, this is a solid horror movie that may be one of the most successful franchises ever in horror, and it's not without good reason. The cast, acting, direction, the story, they're all great. There's lots of fun to be had, and the scares are for real. I just wish they kept it a little bit tighter. My score for this is an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I think I liked it a little more than David. And the length, while I recognized that it was long, and there were several times there I was like, man, I should have got popcorn. So get get a big tub of popcorn if you're going to go see it, because 
Like, even if you've eaten dinner, you'll you'll get hungry by the end. <laughs> Man, I could have worked my way through two tubs of popcorn on um, this thing. <clears throat> so, I view it as it was just a very epic movie. It was an epic story told epically, and it took the proper amount of time to tell it. I could not really, I mean, yes, you could cut it down, but I couldn't identify anything that I could see as real fat on it if you're trying to tell it. Mm. The, it, the, it is like a like a 2,000 page novel or something like that. Okay, but now, now we're getting into another, now this is a whole nother area, which is Stephen King wrote a lot of shit. Right. And, and uh, a lot of that was cut out. And his books could have been trimmed down a lot. And it is no exception. It's just right. uh, the mean, most successful. There's there's definitely stuff that they they trim down um, for the sake of filmmaking. I mean, they, Stephen King went into a lot more of the backstory of each of them in terms of their adulthood yeah. life. Mm-hmm. And they, he, they just kind of skimmed over it in the movie. I don't know. I mean... I I get it. It's it's long, but I really liked it. I actually liked it more than the first one. Yeah, I mean, um, I I give it a score a nine out of ten because okay. I gave I gave the first one an eight. Yeah, and so I think we just flip scores on the yeah we did first one and the second one. I think <clears throat> yeah I, I can't underline enough how effective some of the scares were. Oh, like I'm pretty jaded and. And I know there's going to be people that say, like, oh, it wasn't scary or whatever. But I'm pretty jaded. And there was two or three jump scares that really got me. Like, actually, I was actually scared. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Bleh. It was definitely time to go on a few of those. Like, uh, like it was it was genuinely shocking how... I wonder, if, I wonder how they did that, you know? Because they were so well... Th- they were so well set up you just didn't see them coming you know yeah and 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 even the one that you did see coming was just like like it was just um i mean you can see them pretty much all coming but what they do with them is so unexpected that you can't just in terms of the production design mm -hmm, and and the art design of it where you're like oh fuck jesus so it's it's a great movie it chapter two is a great movie. The other the other th- reason why I'd give it a slightly higher score than the first one is that it does a few very key things a lot better than the first one. Number one, they utilize Pennywise better. He's mm. he's a I think he's a much more interesting villain in this one. In the in the first one, it was very much like super super scary clown that runs shakily at the camera. And in this one, there's a lot more menace that he use that he's utilizing their fear of him and their history with him. And, uh, I don't know. It's he, my main beef is that there, he wasn't clowny enough in the first one. And in this one, he's, He's pretty goofy and menacing. Yeah. Um, as you may be able to tell, Bryce is a pretty has a pretty big spot in his heart for Tim Curry. For Tim Curry and and it in general. Like this was a formative movie for him and I'm and I'm sure it was a formative movie for a lot of our listeners as well. So and I I can't 
I can't find fault with anything you're saying other than, yes, I can find a lot of fat on this movie that I could very easily get rid of and have 20 minutes off the top. Right. But, but that being said, a lot of people like, like my brother, he's like, oh, I, like, I want more, like always. Right, you right. need to bring a movie up to four hours to make me happy. Right, right. And, uh, and it's just because he wants just more exposition. He just wants a little bit more information he just it's it's entertaining to him mm -hmm. so hey yeah. you know it's a, it's different for everybody and there it is hey guys if you'd like to help support the show you can head on over to patreon and uh and i think we still only have one tier a five dollar tier and that gets you like uh grandfathered into all the tiers whenever they end up happening who knows when that'll be we were threatening about that in july and now it's september September? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, maybe it'll maybe it'll happen right away. Maybe we it'll keep, happen tomorrow. We keep discussing it. I think we've come up with the different tiers, but we can't agree on the name or what we give for them. Right. <laughs> but, but if you sign up before we make the tiers, then you get grandfathered into all the benefits from all of them. So do that right away. Quick shout out to our, our latest Patreon member, Jennifer. Jennifer, thank you for signing up. For, to be a patron and we sure do appreciate you and uh and yeah i'll uh i'll try and get some stickers in the mail to you uh, asap i don't i don't think we got the one before that either we need to mention yeah we did um i can't remember if we covered anthony but anthony is also one of our newer patrons and so i wanted to thank him too um i can't believe the generosity that people have given to the podcast of just becoming patrons and, and showing us the love and showing that you value the content because we do do this every week. Yeah. We give our weekend Spend, to this every weekend. Yeah. I mean, how much time do you think when, when you're responsible for the episode, how much time does it take to prepare, see the movie, uh, more than write the blog post, promote it more than I would care to admit to. Like it's, and that's not just for that's not like me just trying to I don't want to admit how much time it takes. It takes a lot of fucking time. It takes my whole weekend basically. I mean, it's got to be at least 10 hours, right? Yeah. No ten, problem. 10 hours of work of, you know, relatively entertaining content that we provide for free. So, uh, you know, I I I love our patrons. Yeah, so. I love our patrons. I love anyone who goes to our website horrormovietalk.com and clicks on the buy shit on Amazon link at the top of the page. It's a green link. You click it, you buy stuff on Amazon. We get a little piece of that. It's not it's enough to make it worth it. So do that. Also, if you would like to write for us and you enjoy horror movies and you want to write for the Horror Movie Talk blog, guess what? We're accepting applications and all you got to do is be like, hey guys, I'm applying. And then we're like, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, and we will, you know, we'll accept any decent, any decent well, blog there, or writing from you and see if we can get it out there. There are some walls that we have to put up, so... As far as horror movie reviews, we're not going to do those on the blog. That's what the episodes are for. Touche. But horror movie topics, um, there's if you can't think of anything, we've got a list of of topics that you can cover. A lot of like listicles, yeah, you know, top ten types of horror movies, and then other stuff around, you know, kind of curated content. And even if you want to do a regular thing where you're saying. 
this is what's on Amazon Prime for horror movies this month. Yeah. That's that'd be valuable to us. Anyways, yeah. If you uh you know, just got your your fingers a twitching to touch that keyboard right for horror movie talk. Yeah, we sure would appreciate it. And we've had a couple people reach out to us and we're excited to see what comes of it. So, uh, thanks again for listening, and let's get into the spoilers section of the show. Spoilers. Oh. Uh, (laughs) Too late. So, in this, in this is a spoiler section of the show. If you haven't seen it and you want to see it and you're afraid that it will be spoiled for you in the spoiler section, then go see it, you dummy. Just, just go see it. Because now I'm going to talk about spoilers for It Chapter 2. It starts out with a savage beating of a gay man. A savage beating. Yeah, it's, this is the probably the worst part of the movie. For me, yeah, because there's something so it's set in modern times. I think it actually said it was set in 2016. It's so anachronistic the homophobia that was displayed, right, on on screen, and just the the uh, the the beating of the gay guy for for being gay, and you know, not like necessarily inciting anything or getting an argument it's literally they saw some gay guys being gay or like hugging or something and they're like no not my town and they beat the shit out of him and it was it drew me out of it instantly i'm like what is what is this yeah because it felt like so 20 years ago right it 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 made sense so I get what it was trying to do, though, right? Well, the reason why... You see where it was going. Yeah. It it was going with, look, fear is back. And this is is kind of out of left field, but it's back. Yeah. So, I mean, the real answer is that it's in the book. Oh, okay. That's like the opening scene of the book. And it made sense in the early 80s when the book came out. (laughs) Yeah. And the other part of it is... It sets up the story for one or two of the characters, the the main characters, because portraying Derry as super homophobic and still this weird anachronistic community that that hates gays and will beat the shit out of them to basically to death sets it up to where you might not want to be out openly gay and dairy yeah. yeah so that that affects some of the main characters yeah and we'll talk about it that did later. feel it did feel a little uh i don't know i guess depending on you who you are your experience in america in 2019 maybe this feels dead on the nose for you but i'm not i'm not a gay man so it did feel out of place in my community uh which is portland so yeah so, so maybe we're maybe we're just Way too privileged. Well, I don't know. Here. We're in we're in Vancouver, so I mean, you get at, you get like ten miles out of any major metro area, and, and you're gonna changes a lot. Get some Republicans out there, but uh, yeah, it's it did feel a little tone deaf. It it did feel a little, but uh, that's right. That's what I was gonna say. Probably, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. If we have any gay listeners, please reach out to us and and let us know what you thought about that scene. But it might be that that is a real fear 
for homosexuals, even if it's not a reality, but it's like a real fear yeah. of like, you never know who's there who might have really outdated um, opinions about homosexuality and stuff. And I, definitely there's still religions and organizations that teach hatred towards homosexuality in, yeah. in various levels of of uh hiddenness yeah so i mean it might be just playing on that fear of a certain segment of people yeah that you know might not i mean you're also not really going to get attacked by a evil um clown lovecraftian clown either but that's pretty scary to me (laughs) (laughs) touche well said yeah i uh you know, I mean, come to think of it, there are uh, quite a few communities where I, just being me, have been to and felt pretty unwelcome, um, and you know, in just in just rural America, and um, so I don't know. Yeah, because you're gay. Mm, I thought we weren't going to talk about mm. that. My wife and children. Um, the movie then brings us up to speed with every character in the Losers Club. That's right. All seven of them. This is a theme in the movie. Let's check in with Bill for five to ten minutes, which would be fine if there weren't six to seven people to catch up with the whole way through the movie. So we just go down this laundry list of people. What's what's Bev doing? Well, she's over here getting scared by... Bev's over here at her old apartment. <laughs> She's getting scared by an old lady. Back to you in the studio, Bill. Reporting live over here, we got Bill. He's he's reliving his experience with Georgie. Down in the sewer. Now let's check in with Rich. And it just goes on and on that way. And it's just this laundry list of people they got to check off. Yeah, I mean, see, here's the thing. It's an adaptation of a novel and a long novel at that. But that's really novel-esque checking in on each main character and having a a large list of main characters again it's not for everyone but for me i liked it i like that kind of storytelling and i I liked it too okay i did like it too it's just that it was such they stuck to they stuck to the format of like six or seven people every time so so it was like let's go through the list and then now we're back at the top and let's go through the list again i just could have done with a few less iterations but but it did work and it was it was fun to see each of their own personal terrifying they really did check the boxes when it comes to each person's specific fear in this movie which they didn't do quite such a good job on the first one with yeah and sometimes they well i don't know i think they did check all the boxes in in the first one too and it's the same way with this movie as with the last one there's varying levels of time that they take on it yeah. Because some of them are just not as interesting. Yeah. So Mike's fear of, you know, reliving his parents burning to death is not given a lot, of, not nearly as much time as the other ones because it's not interesting. While technically the most interesting one on on paper, <laughs> the least interesting one in the movie. Right. In terms in terms of fear, of valid fears, <laughs> burning to death in a burning building is, Watching is something dying. that could happen. Yeah. But, you know, meeting a, a leper mummy that's going to try to French kiss you is not on the list of the most likely scenarios. Thankfully, Stan takes pity upon the audience early in the movie and kills himself in the bathtub when Mike calls him to tell him about the return of Pennywise. So we get to narrow that list down by one after the first round. 
the Losers Club has become an adult version of themselves. Bev is in an, is in an abusive relationship, a la the weird sort of relationship she had with her dad. Eddie basically married his mom and does risk assessment. Rich is a and Rich is a comedian. The wisecracking kid is a comedian. And um, let's not forget the old Bowers boy. He, uh, he is arrested. There's kind of a, a a flashback to him. You know, I don't know if you recall from the first movie. Spoilers from the first movie. He kills his abusive do- his abusive dad with a knife through the neck. And uh, this movie cuts back to kind of after that moment in time uh, to when he is being arrested and placed in a prison for the mentally ill. His inclusion in this movie is another point that could have been easily left out, in my opinion. Yeah, that's definitely one people could point to is being fat, you know, in the storyline. Again, it's something that's in the book. It probably is cut down quite a bit from what's in the book. Yeah, it seems like it. It seems like it in the book. It could have been a very impressive arc. It's also kind of a red herring because he's he's not really a threat for very long. He's introduced. He attacks a couple times and then is killed very quickly yeah like i think he's he's only into a second attack when he was killed that sounds about right so i mean it is interesting having another another layer of fear that it's not just stuff in your mind there's actually a killer trying to come after you with a knife yeah that's that's kind of an interesting element of the story and honestly, I don't think it took up that much time. No. It so did, I mean, it's, it's, it took up maybe 10 minutes total. Yeah. But, you know, you do I think enough the guy, of that. Yeah, the guy playing him did a great job. The guy playing him did a great job. I really liked the intro to him, yeah. which was the the asylum or the, the yeah. prison for the mentally ill. And I really liked the way they introed him into the movie right which was here's here's just a bunch of you know crazy people so one flew out. over the cuckoo's cuckoo's nest yeah one and then he sees a balloon out the window and he starts jumping for joy and everybody and everybody starts getting all excited and ramped up and he's oh he's getting so excited because he's it's back he sees mm-hmm. you know his his master is has come to Fear has come has come to stay at the at the mentally the prison for the mentally ill. Did it explain what he got out of it in the first movie? Like, is there did did Pennywise offer him something mm-hmm. in particular? No, I mean, I got like the implication was that he uh, he it gave him the courage to kill his dad, right? And his dad was his oppressor, and then he got to become like basically what he he was trying to be, which was kind of fear incarnate right right? he got to be the physical manifestation of fear um and and so when he's in his room the balloon (laughs) disappears from his field of view outside outside the window he's like oh no where'd it go and then he turns around and the balloon's under the bed and it's growing and growing he like pulls the coat off the bed and whoa there's a balloon Great balloon play. I love I mean, it. There's a lot of lots of great balloon play in this movie. Yeah, it was but in the first movie didn't quite hit the the balloon wasn't scary, it was just an indicator. Yeah, the balloons in the last movie it did a little it tried to be a little too cutesy with them. Yeah, this one it was it was sinister. Like, yeah. And uh and was like a placeholder for for Pennywise instead it's of like, being you know how you have a balloon and you're trying to pop and it just won't pop? 
It's kind of scary. <laughs> it's like, what? what is this thing? What, yeah. what laws of nature does this thing not obey that I can't pop it right now? Look at it. It's squeezing so much. Spe- so it kind of uses that. It uses that latent fear about balloons. Right. <laughs> Speaking of good balloon play, the boobies in this movie, <laughs> deceptive use of boobies in this movie. At the start, they're throwing just these, just these big old mamma jammas in your face, being all like, look at these... Look at these things, and uh, and so they start out boob strong, and then they kind of peter out with the boobage. So I don't, I don't, I don't remember it that much. Oh, well, I do. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, the Losers Club meets for the first time in years at the Chinese restaurant in Derry, where they quickly fall into their childhood roles of your mom jokes and noogies. Then the fortune cookies come out, and things get crazy. Fortune cookies start running amok, and Mike is left smashing the place up, and it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. These fortune cookies begin to birth little demonic, uh, hideous creatures, like shellfish. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's in the miniseries... It had the same scene, basically, but, I mean, lower production value. But it was surprising that... I guess that must be in the book because they they kept it in in the in the miniseries. It was kind of like just weird stuff, yeah, like actual things. Like yeah. there's an eyeball in this one. Oh look, it's a dead baby bird, or I can't remember what the other ones were. Or it's a it's a scary bug. There's a head in the fish tank, a, a headless a head a headed yeah, just a head. But in this movie, it's like horrific, weird, like um. Uh, like carpenter-esque like 80s weird uh monster thing so like it has an eyeball but then the eyeball grows tentacles and starts crawling around and then it's got like a bat wing coming out of one and it's flying around the room and yeah it's a lot of like weird monster design stuff little tiny monsters it was really cool it was a really cool scene i you know what whenever i see these scenes though i think this would be so much cooler if they were practical effects and i know that's not practical but that that the way you know just thinking of the thing and all the goopy weird moving shit that you could get out of this if it weren't well if you like that then the miniseries is the better scene for you then it's not though. Because that's that is all. That's like what you can do practical though. No, you could no. Like you, you can't have an eyeball sprouting out tentacles and crawling across the the table convincingly. I mean, you can do something something to that effect. It doesn't necessarily need to be that specifically, but you can do some cool stuff with. I mean, if you if you doubt that, then go then go ahead and take a look at the the dark crystal. Uh, the new dark crystal title on netflix there's some fucking incredible puppetry shit in there where it's an animatronic shit that's just it's tiny and it's fast and it's cool looking you can do it it's well there's there's still that's not a hundred percent practical they they use effects on that too yeah sure i'm not saying i'm not saying it needs to be a hundred percent practical i'm just saying i would have liked to see some practical effects where there where there weren't any that's all each of the loser. Oh, so so at the end of that scene, at the end of the Chine- Chinese food uh, scene, Mike is smashing the smashing the room apart, just just like an absolute maniac, and uh, and there's nothing that you know everybody yeah. kind of snaps it's out all, of it all at once. That that happens a couple times, especially out in public. It's it makes a point that 
this stuff isn't actually happening. It's all in their heads, but Pennywise is is doing it to them. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. <laughs> what if, like, just at a random time, like, at the end of the movie, they're fighting this <laughs> giant Pennywise spider, and then it just, like, cuts to what they're actually doing, and they're just flailing about in the water in, in this that's in this cave. Dude, that's you've come up with the most interesting movie I can possibly think of, which is, so you release It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, and then you release the director's cut, which is just these people acting like maniacs, just mentally ill people running through a town, but, you know, just acting on... Totally. Yeah, man, you could probably do it too because all the stuff that's green screen it's all the, green screen for anyway. the effects, you could just put in a plain table in its place and just show the scene with them freaking out at nothing. It instead of it being a horror movie, it'd be just a really sad drama. All right, listen, Andy Muschietti or Muschietti. whoever, Muschietti. Muschietti, in your director's cut Blu-ray release, one of the special features is the whole movie without. Any of the illusions. You're welcome. We don't even ask. Well, it'd be nice to get 10%. So what what needs to be said about this scene and many other scenes is that Bill Hader really carries a lot of this movie. Yeah, he sure he does. Is, he is fantastic in this movie. Brings like all of the humor really well. And <laughs> it's funny to compare it to the, the miniseries. Again, I'm going to keep going back to the miniseries. But Richie in, uh, is it Richie? Richie? The, uh, yeah, Rich is, uh, is Bill Hader. Yeah. Yeah. So Richie in, in the miniseries, the adult version is played by Harry Anderson. Oh, yeah. Which, if you <laughs> don't remember who that is, he's the judge in Night Court. And, uh, he is a comedian in real life and like a magician. Mm hmm. Or was. He's dead now. Uh, but, um, but he wasn't very good at either one of them necessarily. No. No. Even he's, he's like, a comedic actor, but like you could tell, he's he's probably doesn't really have the chops to write his own material. And, kind of the Steve Gutenberg of comedic actors. Yes, yes, very <laughs> Steven Gutenberg esque. Um, Bill Hader is actually really funny. Yeah, and even the character of Richie is kind of a hack. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I think that's part of the character is, and it even mentions in this movie that, that, like, he doesn't write his own material. Yeah, but Bill Hader delivers the lines so well. Yeah, and not over the top. Some of it is so understated. Yeah, <laughs> that it's just hilarious. I laughed a lot yeah. during this movie. Him and Eddie and Jessica Chastain really hold up a lot of this my interest in this movie yeah james mcavoy was was good oh he was great um it's it's whenever you cast james mcavoy or someone that's you know british or scottish it's always like yeah, american accents just slightly off i can't ever i can't ever tell ever yeah, like never can tell especially when they yell like if if you are an english actor that's going to use an american accent don't don't choose movies where you have to yell because that's when your accent always comes through even in the trailer i could i could hear it i can't ever hear it like uh, I, i'm so interested to, we'll have to check this out afterwards yeah um 
each of the losers, uh, so we f- end up finding out, and this is the, kind of the last of my actual read-through, each of the losers need to find their artifact, or the thing that ties them to it. Mike basically leads them down the path toward defeating it, and begins with his knowledge of how it got here. He talked to a Native American tribe, the Shakopee. Uh, shocking, right? It's isn't it shocking that this that they're talking to a Native American tribe in a Stephen King adaptation? Uh, anyway, they ta- uh, he talked to the Shakopee that passed. I think it's pronounced Shakopee. Shakopee that passed down how to beat Pennywise through their tribe ever since she, he showed up as a ball of light from outer space in the previous century. And uh, this tribe beat it with the ritual of Jude, or making the light dark. I thought it was chewed. Chewed, Jude, I don't know. I just I just wrote down what I heard. Um, yeah, it's kind of... This gets into the weird mystical tacked on stuff that's mm-hmm. in, in Stephen King stories. Yeah. Which is is fun. Like I uh, Stephen King is very creative. Yeah. And you don't necessarily know what he's gonna do. And it adds he adds like little elements of the supernatural to like real horror as well as um just weird sexual stuff all the time. Yeah. And I think it is basically the book that you can point to and say that is the most Stephen King <laughs> book ever because it's so it's got all of that crap. It's grandiose. It's like it's over it's over bloated. Yeah, and stuffs way too many ideas and concepts into it to where you're just like, huh? <laughs> like it feels yeah. So this this ritual of the of the chewed. I think they did a pretty good job of integrating it. It's not in the the mini series at all, and that's one of the the areas that people are like, yeah, but there's this whole there's this whole plot point that they don't use. It was so interesting. I wish they had done more with it with this movie. Like they basically they kind of showed how it got to Earth, which yeah. which was literal. I mean, so now that says that sentence says enough right in and of itself. It right. wasn't of Earth, and then it crashed into Earth. Like they saw these lights come down from the sky, like an asteroid or a meteorite, I guess. Yeah, and uh, and then there was some, you know, kind of like a CGI scene depicting the it attacking the tribe, and then them eventually trying to defeat it. And uh, and all of this was kind of revealed to Mike through basically a drug trip that yeah that the hallucination Shakopee uh, allowed him to have. So you're basically given the information that that Mike went through this, and then he intentionally drugs Bill, mm-hmm. played by oh, I just McAvoy. McAvoy, to experience the same thing. And it's kind of interesting <laughs> drug trip. It's a very specific drug trip. Like, yeah, you, you got to look at you got to look at this little, little leather case. And if you take this drug, it's just going to show you the history of the Shakopee and it. <laughs> like, that's just how it works. And uh, super effective, you know, like little drug trip there. But yeah, he's got like a little leather case that's supposed to entrap it. And uh, later it's revealed that this whole ritual that's set up is all just a sham. Yeah. It's basically to convince the people involved in it that it's going to work. And if they believe it's going to work, it will. Right. It's a gazebo. It's a gazebo. <laughs> and uh, 
and then it reveals that the Shakopee that actually tried it, they, they all died. That didn't didn't work. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't work because Pennywise is tormenting them <laughs> and Dairy for the last you know hundreds of years. Yeah, but how did it? How how did he kill them all if they told Mike about the about, about the ritual? Well, it didn't kill them all. It killed the ones that were within... trying to do the ritual. Not only, and then w- he said that like all the Shakopee had long since moved away. Right. He went to he went to meet a tribe that was outside of Pennywise's reach. Right. So not necessarily the best people that they'd be like, hey, we were successful. It's like, yeah, but you're also not near the well house. So maybe that had something to do with it. So then um, then we have a couple scenes that could have been cut out, but they made for good feels. Uh, the most notable one was the clubhouse scene where the adults try and find a clubhouse that was never mentioned in the first movie, but gets fleshed out quite a bit in the second movie for no real reason other than to give uh, Ben a place to kind of almost die at the end. Um, but... It felt really nostalgic and fun. It was this little clubhouse under the ground that Ben had kind of discovered and brought back to life uh, for for the Losers Club. Yeah, because he's an architect in in his adult life, and so it kind of just shows he had, he was a budding architect when he was younger. But really, it's either again I haven't read the whole book, but it's either in the book, and so they had to put it in, or. It was the scene with all the kids, so they wanted to just be able to do it on a soundstage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So at this point, the friends split up to find their own particular artifacts and tokens that will kind of jog their memory and help them further their progress in the fight against it. And um, the most notable one of those to me... Well, there were there were two very notable. Well, they were they were all pretty good. They're all great. I mean, it's a great device to split them up and give different scares and different like aspects of fear. Yeah, a little better, a little more interesting than the first one. Yeah, the first one did that, but they're all kind of the same. It was all something rushing the camera, jiggly. Yeah, um, this one. So you get to you've actually if you've seen the uh, the first trailer for this movie, then you've seen Bev's uh, artifact journey, which is her going back to her apartment that she lived in as a child. Uh, And um, very effective old lady scene that, I mean, I've seen the trailer multiple times at this point, still scared the crap out of me. Did not like that. And uh, and then also, I'm sorry, did you have uh, something for that? No, I mean, it's it's mostly in, in that trailer... But I mean the basically the punchliner, like the actual, you know, scare is is in the movie. Yeah, which is kind of unexpected. Yes, it is fully unexpected. And then then the one that worked probably the best for me was Richie's. Yeah. He, Holy shit! He went to the park. He went to like the main thoroughfare park of of Derry. Sat down on a bench. And oh my have, god, I've never been so fucking alarmed in my life. Yeah, they have a, one of those giant Paul Bunyan statues. It's a nice bright day outside. Yeah. Uh, they have one of those up in Puyallup, by the way, in, the, in case you're wondering if where the closest Paul Bunyan statue is. Mm-mm. It's right in Kenton. Oh, that's right. Yeah. There's one in Kenton. R- right by the Dancing Bear. Okay. <laughs> Which so, is a, stri- a, a topless club. Okay. <laughs> 
They they have topless clubs in Portland? <laughs> Are you joking? No. You're Portland. not joking? No, I am joking. Okay. All right. Portland has the highest per capita strip club strip clubs concentration then and, and, and anywhere yeah anywhere and i used to work on powell boulevard at a check cashing store and uh powell boulevard probably has the highest concentration of strip clubs in portland yeah either just that the, or sandy just a whole row of strip clubs i remember um at least one stripper came in with just a huge wad of ones that she pulled out of her bra and she wasn't like a high class stripper. What are you trying to say? She she had some meat on her bones. Uh huh. And uh, they were sweaty. Like the ones damp. were. Yeah. <laughs> like all the way through. Like ugh. I I used like so much Purell. Obviously, other that. people were paying for that show. You got it for free, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the cost of a transaction. Anyway, so yeah, so he's sitting down on the park bench, and there's a Paul Bunyan, and then he turns around, and Paul Bunyan's gone, which is, it's a giant, like, 30-foot-tall statue yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then you're like, uh-oh, where's Bunyan? Man, where'd that Bunyan go? <laughs> and he turns to his side, and I don't, I don't know how or why, but that is the scared I have the, the most scared, scared I have ever been. The scared you have ever been. The most scared I have ever been in a movie for, like, probably in my adult life. Like, it, I, I really jumped. I was really like, Ugh! It was fully out of left field. It shot bats out of its splintery m- mouth. Yeah. It was, uh, it was fucking horrifying, and it happened so quickly. It just happened so quickly that it jarred you awake. Yeah. Um... Let's see here. Uh, that one was great. Stephen King uh, is is actually a cameo in Bill's uh, quest for his artifact. He finds his own bike from twenty seven years ago, and in you know just a little antique store that's run by Stephen King. And Stephen King has a copy of Bill's. You know, Bill's been writing books for a while, and so Stephen King's like, "Ah, I got your book." And, uh, and he's like, yeah, you want me to sign it? He's like, nah, I hate the ending. And so it is well established that Bill is, I mean, to me, it seems like Bill is supposed to be Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's always a Stephen King stand-in and Stephen King stories. Yeah. Um, it's the same way with uh, uh, Woody Allen. Right. There's always a Woody Allen character, even if Woody Allen isn't in the movie. Right. There's always someone there you're like, oh, okay, well, that's supposed to be Woody Allen. So it was great because it's, you got the Stephen... one that's like you know having sex with his his daughter and stuff. That's right. Usually <laughs> right. So you got Stephen King basically doing a meta analysis on himself and saying his endings suck, which is it works and it's funny and I liked it. Um, yeah, that it does that several times throughout. Very early on, too. They they talk to Bill and they're like, "Bill, your endings fucking suck." <laughs> and that's always the criticism of Stephen King novels is that his endings always feel tacked on and like arbitrary. Yeah, it's like it leads you through this whole thing, and all of a sudden, it's just like, and then it ends. Yeah, and it's usually a weird, just a weird left field thing, and so <laughs> it sets up the expectations for the movie. It's very interesting that they they winked so hard at the audience that yeah. like we know 
there's nothing we can do with this ending that you're going to like. Right. Like you're you're going to say, Oh, it was good until the ending. We sat through this two and look, a half hour movie. We, look, this we the, told you it was going to be bad. And uh I don't know. I mean it's <laughs> it worked for Bryce. Maybe maybe it just worked for me. I mean it worked uh way better than I could have expected uh it working with that with the source material. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh it did quote unquote work. It just wasn't I think it could have been better. Uh and apparently so does Stephen King and the the people who punched up the script. Uh so the next kid or adult that we get to see is Eddie and his was more funny than scary to me. I think it could have been scary to people who are uh you know are much more concerned about i don't know um germs or well i mean honestly like i would rather be tormented by a giant paul bunyan than being grossed out by a, a mummy that's trying to french kiss me yeah it I just it There's... just didn't it, it i mean none of it is something that i I'm, I'm going to choose right i'm just saying in terms of it working in the movie i loved eddie's version right. where his mom is tied up down below the pharmacist's office and uh-huh. there's just a bunch of rusty syringes and broken glass and uh-huh. tons of gross shit and and she's and she's got a she's all tied up on a bench and who knows what what tests they've been running on her and and uh, then this mummy comes after him, and <laughs> and he manages to choke out the mummy for a while. And right when he thinks it's dying, the the, the that song plays on it, which is "Just Call Me Angel of the Morning, <laughs> Baby." And then right when it says she says "Baby," the mummy just vomits huge, <laughs> voluminous yeah. amounts of of uh, of black. Sp- Spludge into Eddie's mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's great because he turns. He basically turns the table on the mummy. Yeah, and he's like choking it out, and you're like, "Oh, good, he got away." Because the real threat is that just super long. It's like a six inch undead tongue trying Ugh. to like shove itself in in his mouth, and so he's like pushing away and choking him. He's like, "Oh, good, I got him," and then it just goes. <laughs> just just an entire like truck full of black goo yeah come to think of it that that part i mean anytime you got anytime i see you know it worked in evil dead 2013 anytime you got a bunch of gross liquid in like being shot into someone's mouth i am (laughs) yeah it's it works um at that point the bowers boy or the bully i guess you could call him stabs eddie uh, this is a little bit later in the movie, and Eddie kills him, um, pretty pretty quickly with a knife. Uh, I don't know that he actually kills him. He just takes his, the Bower boy, stabs Eddie through the cheek. Eddie like, backs up into a shower, closes the shower curtain so the Bower boy can't see him anymore, and then stabs him through the chest with. I mean, it's just kind of a little gravity knife, so it's not, it's not a big knife, and they don't really follow up on it. They just kind of like. Good job getting rid of that bully, Eddie. But that's uh, that's where that uh, kind of storyline ends. Yeah, and then I mean, so then we we talked about this on you, you have written down this movie. Oh, sorry, you got the the mirror maze with Bill. Yeah, right. but I mean, the mirror maze with Bill is has a great culmination, which is yeah. So there's kind of a, a stand in 
of uh, Georgie in this movie where they're introduced to this kid in Derry that kind of by happenstance crosses their paths a couple times and Bill takes it upon himself to try to protect him to like tell him you got to get out of Derry like do not <laughs> you, listen little kid you got to get out of here and he's like I got to go yeah and so he's trying to like protect this kid from Pennywise and he follows him to a, into this uh hall of mirrors and the culmination is the kid just gets exploded by Pennywise um which is unexpected. Yeah, but the the standoff between Bill and Pennywise is what what really worked well for me, which is this little boy's trapped in in this maze of mirrors with Bill on one side of him behind a a plexiglass or plate glass big old thick plate glass thing and Pennywise on the other side of him. And they're both kicking the the plate right. glass or right. or in Pennywise's case he's headbutting the glass just repeatedly with like feverish anger it's just it's so weird to see it's the same thing you got in hereditary where she's just smashing her head right uh spoiler yeah Um, so anyways it goes through all all the all the characters basically their fears or their interactions with pennywise they're trying to find their token um and then they all gather back together. Yeah, they all then they head to the well house with their tokens in hand. If you want if you want a list of those tokens, I got it on the post that will accompany this on horrormovietalk.com. Yeah. Um you have written down here this movie deals with real adult fears. It does. What how how so? So, for example, Bill wants to protect a little kid from from something from bad stuff happening to him but he can't you know and i feel that way i feel that way with my kids a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is like you can protect them while they're under your direct eye yeah and then and then they're literally gonna try and die or or like um riches uh which is he's he's rich spoilers secretly gay and Mm. he no one no one knows and that's his biggest fear is somebody finding out that he's gay. Um, that, these really super personal things, you know, Bev, um, is, is only, you know, can only be in, is seemingly only be in relationships with people who are very bad to her, very mean to her. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting that her scene has nothing to do with that, though. It has to do with right. an old lady attacking her. Yeah. And so it's not really attached to her personal issues. Right. I think a lot of these, these, um, you know, the scare scenes, God, these scare scenes, it's not really attached directly to the character's flaws or their, the character's real underlying fears. I mean, I guess the movie could have done a better job at that. Yeah. But they're still super effective. Yeah, I mean, Ben's is, you know, he's he grew up the fat kid, and now even though he's a svelte, you know, good-looking guy who's successful, he's, in his mind, he's still that fat kid. Yeah, it's kind of, maybe that's kind of an interesting tack, is that, that Pennywise is terrifying them, but their real fears are internal. Yeah. It's not the, the stuff that they're really f- afraid of, 
psychologically have nothing to do with what Pennywise right can attack him with. I he, he tries a little bit. Um I guess especially with Ben like that. That was like the <laughs> super effective scene of him remembering a memory with Bev when they were younger and uh trying to go in for the kiss and she's like, "Ooh, no. Yeah. Not like that. Are you I kidding? Mean, look at yourself. Like I would ever You're kiss a fat. Yeah, like I would ever kiss a big fat kid like you. Just the absolute most horrifying thing for a fat kid yeah. to have. Just yeah. like, oh. Oh no. I've I've gone outside of my comfort zone and it's, everything is confirmed. My secret shame. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um just a quick PSA to anybody who's making a horror film out there. If you could f- stop fucking pointing flashlights in my eyes, that'd be great. Yeah, you complained about this. I didn't s- I'm so tired of this shit. Well, I think about it, it every single time. I think I it, it irritates me the same way if if you and I were in a dark room, right if this room were dark right now and you got a flashlight out and you pointed it into my eyes, you'd be like, "You fucking dick, don't do that." Yeah, but it's not actually a flashlight in your eyes. It's just making the screen white it's all dark in the movie theater and then a flashlight makes its way across the frame and it's like jesus why are you doing it hurts my eyes in the same way oh no i yeah you complained about it in the theater i was like who cares yeah i know you were (laughs) there's a few more scares as they head down into the well house to try to confront pennywise and once they get there mike sets his plan in motion to you know do the the native american ritual where they all stand around a bag and they kind of chant and chant and and then there's a false ending where pennywise basically makes it known that oh yeah i hey mike why didn't you tell him about about the part where uh Shakopee, you know they're all dead now how about that and mike's like oh darn i just thought it would work to get i thought and and th- and that's where that's where we get that great line back the gazebo yeah. it was just all a gazebo a placebo mm-hmm. oh. yeah um we skipped i know you want to wrap up this section but we did skip over probably one of the best parts and what are is, we talking about the pomeranian no okay the stan coming back so oh his head, yes they find his head in the freezer and it's taken basically straight out of the thing mm-hmm. his head sprouts like spider legs and starts attacking him also one of the funniest moments <laughs> oh there it is. is like the, the spider disappears the head spider disappears and they're like oh my god and they're like gathering back together and then bill Hader looks up shines a flashlight up at the at the rafters uh-huh and then there's the the spider just with stan's head just like looking at him and rich says oh there it is <laughs> just so so understated it was perfect like oh no this is gonna happen continuously <laughs> yeah, I, I love bill Hader. he he was really great in this movie and by the way that head spider was one of the more effective parts in this movie yeah just of just being that was CGI done dead on balls perfectly. I I have no problem with that CGI. It looked great. Yeah. Um it looked real. I mean it felt like a real you know practical effect that 
was duplicated right in cgi yeah it it was impressive and it was effective and i loved it yeah and then the other one the other scare that was funny was this pomeranian one <laughs> you're, you're mentioning where it has the the same three door thing from the first movie where it says not scary at all scary very scary <laughs> they chose like very he's like he's fucking with us man and they choose very scary and there's something like super scary i can't remember no. what it was it was just like oh, screaming yeah. or something yeah yeah no it was a it was a, a a girl's like where are my shoes and they're like oh huh? yeah and then this and then this disembodied uh lower half of a body like just comes walking at him just legs yeah and and like, and a like crotch. Ah, he's not fucking with us <laughs> so they close that door and they open the not scary at all door and there's just a little cute little pomeranian doggy sitting yeah. there and they're like I know what's going on here. I know your tricks. And and then it's this little dog. Just the little guy's like, just standing there the whole time. You know what he's going to do. He's so cute. And they're like, oh, good dog. Good dog. And then, <laughs> and then it transforms into a monster. Yeah, it transforms yeah. into an ultra Pomeranian. Yeah, it's which great. Which is much scarier than a regular Pomeranian. Mm-hmm. So... Back to back to the big, big, big battle with Pennywise. They're in this big cavern down below the earth. Pennywise makes his presence known, turns into a giant spider, just like in, not just like in the uh, the miniseries, but he does turn into a gigantic spider with a clown head, and uh, he runs after him, and and then uh, they defeat him, and. Um, yeah, they kind of. I think that def- the, when they defeat him, it was pretty cool. It like, was kind of cool. I think, I think especially the the it art makes sense, the art design of it of like basically the deflating Pennywise. Yeah, it's just really, <laughs> it's really weird and cool. It's like head is basically like a deflated balloon, like laying on the edge of this crater. Yeah, and he like lifts his head up, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and it does a good job of kind of portraying the look how silly your fears really were, you know. Yeah. Look how pitiful they are now. Now that you've shouted it down, they all they all the way they defeat him is they is they just they just minimize him, you know, minimize their their fear. They yell at him. They're like, "You're a you're just a clown. Yeah, you're just a you're it, just a scary lady." It was a a really good ending in that they did lose something too. I mean, it was. The I mean the major spoiler whatever is that they don't all survive. Eddie gets stabbed like right through the chest and he dies in the end. And you wrote down here that the ending cry felt weird. I disagree. I thought that was like a really good emotional moment to where you're like these guys. That is how people would react if you lost like your best friend. If you just lost your best friend. Okay. Like you'd be traumatized. I'm not. A, if you're around like your other group of friends. Yeah. I'm not arguing with that. I, I mean, you're right, but I, I, I teared up a little at that, at that point. It, it was impactful for me. Wow. See, for me, the visual of it was so corny because it was basically like, okay, everybody huddle up for a group p- picture and look sad and like hold each other. Like sadly. Yeah. It looked like, it looked like an Instagram photo of people being sad for someone online i don't know it just looked fucking weird well i mean it's 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 the storytelling part of it though i mean it's all they all defeated it they all lost something and they're all still together and bonded from it it just felt weird that's all i'm saying just i made me feel weird because i'm emotionally detached okay 
Um, so, but yeah, uh, Eddie does end up dying. They do end up defeating it. And, uh, and I don't see a way that there could be a third one. So. No, I mean, it's, they told the whole story. Yeah. But. Unless, well, no, see what'll happen. <laughs> yeah. What'll happen. We'll see how much. I, I don't think this one will make as much money as the first one. The first It movie is the highest grossing horror movie of all time still. And I think part of that is that they released it in September. I think it was kind of a novel time to release a horror movie. Now it's a normal time. Because yeah, la- last year last year we got The Nun yeah. on Labor Day weekend. But uh, I don't think it will do as good, mainly because there's some more competition. The Joker is oh, out. So, I mean, yeah. all the people going out to see Scary Clowns, there's specifically competition. Yeah. Between those two movies, interesting. Yeah, and and DC had a um, had a promo for or a trailer for the new Harley Quinn movie that started by mocking it, uh, yeah. uh, which was which was effective and funny and uh, got me. I'm interested in the Harley Quinn movie. I'll watch it. I know it'll. Well, be. yeah, it's got Margot Robbie in it. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? I know. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's I, definitely I, worth seeing. It's, I mean, to me, it's like a, it's almost like a Marvel-esque achievement (laughs) in like seeing one of those Infinity War movies where you're like, wow, they really culminated into something big, but it's, it's just a two-part movie. I dare you to find a more epic horror movie. But it's the most epic horror movie. You can't. You can't can't find a more epic. I can't think of, in terms of scale, production value, cast... And and just story the monumentalness of the whole arc, like it's very impressive. Right? It's, I mean, it's not quite like Lord of the Rings, but for horror fans, it is one of the it's a most important novels. Yeah, horror novels ever, probably the most. And I mean, aside from maybe like classics like Frankenstein. Yeah, and somehow studios, the studio understood like we need to put up the full weight of the studio behind this because people still love this story. Yeah. They, they still think fondly of this mini series. It's utter trash. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's good about it is the story itself. So if you put actual effort and money behind it, it's going to, it's going to pay back, you know, whatever you put into it. So, yeah. So final recommendations, you, this is, this is an iconic movie. This will be like this, will go down as a big, 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 important, fun horror movie that it's just a crowd pleaser. You can't, uh, you can't really go wrong. And you know, who knows? Maybe the director's cut will be shorter than the, the, <laughs> the theatrical release. So, uh, yeah, my, that's my final re- recommendation. What about you? So I think you'd probably, same thing. Yeah, go see it. Go see it in the theaters. Go see it soon. Yes. While, while people are still seeing it, because... I mean, horror movies are so much better if you're in a crowded theater. It's true. It's definitely true. And with that, let's get ready to play our... our this is our sophomore uh, time, our second time playing Horror or Porno. <laughs> the French... All right, so for those of you who don't know, Horror Movie or Porno is extremely explicit. It does feature 
people the sounds of people having sex or being killed in horror movies so you know we should make an intro for it which is just a like a scream that morphs into like a moan it's like (laughs) 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 or the other way around yeah Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, so, uh, any any listeners out there that have a sultry voice that want to try that one out? Yeah, don't blow our ears out, though. I'd really appreciate it if if it was. Uh, oh, I didn't even I didn't even write down what one of the clips was. Okay, so here we go. Horror or porno is a game where Bri- I'm going to play a sound clip, and Bryce again, don't listen to this if you take offense to the sounds of sex. Okay. Bryce has to guess, is each clip, what is it? Is it a horror movie or is it a porno? And here is the first clip. What are you doing? What would Martha Stewart say? Fuck Martha Stewart! Martha Stewart can kiss my shiny plastic butt! Here I am slaving away over a hot stove, making cookies, making Swedish meatballs, and for what? For a man who doesn't appreciate me! For a man who can't even wash one fucking dish! For a man who isn't even a man at all where it counts if you get my drift! Take it from me, honey. Plastic is no substitute for a nice hunk of wood. Mm. Mm. This, you heard the music. It <laughs> yeah, I mean that one's That's... that one's hard. <laughs> hard. Um All right, I'm going to walk guess. me through your thought process a I little bit. I feel like I recognize so it's a woman arguing with a man and they're talking about being plastic. I think it's got to be one of the Chucky movies like Bride of Chucky or something like that. So that I'm going to go horror movie. That's a good guess. What you forgot is that a lot of porno stars people who have had a lot of plastic put into them. So actually, this was a porno. Um, <clears throat> this was a movie called Planet of the Gapes. <laughs> Oh dang it! Yeah. All right. Okay. Next one. I, I'll 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 make it up. All how right. many do? I mean, what? How do I win? We only got five. I'd say I'd say you you make you make three. Okay. So it, you you win okay. if you make three out of the five. All right. All right. All right. Okay. I think I know how the game goes now. Okay. All right. So here is clip number. Oh, if you guys would like to listen to another version of this game, it is featured in our a review of Ready or Not. Which mm-hmm. is two episodes ago, uh, if you're listening to this. Yeah. With me and my wife playing. Right. It was a lot of fun. Aaron had Aaron had a great time. Mm-hmm. She learned a lot. So here is clip two. Oh, shit. Let's have a window into your mind. I mean, it's definitely stabbing sounds. It's definitely. Maybe. I mean, the moaning makes me think it's probably porno. Like, I don't... Someone's getting enjoyment out of it. You sure? And I don't think that the killer would be moaning. Are you sure you don't want to listen to it again? Let's... Okay, let's listen again. (laughs) Oh, shit. 
<laughs> so with that, I'm I'm gonna say that's definitely a porno. It, that sounds like sex sounds. I really gave you every chance on this. That I'm sorry that that was a horror movie. That was Teeth. <laughs> um, I don't know if you remember that one. Vagina Dentata. Vagina Dentata. <sighs> Um, Dang it. By the way, Teeth is a great movie. If you guys haven't seen it, you should. It is... <laughs> it's it's very tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> um, so here we got clip three. This... Uh, I, I'm not going to say too much about this now, but I have I have words about this movie afterwards. So, so I have to get all three now if I want to win. Yeah, you better start... You better... At, but, I mean, you got to at least get on the board with one of these. Um, that might just be a win, seeing as how hard this game has been proven to be. All right. Okay, here is clip three. What do you think's on here? Yeah, everybody, play with the money. Play with the dirty money. Whoa. Holy shit. What's this? Holy shit, John. Holy shit, John. Holy shit, What's that back? That's supposed to be for the winner. Look at this, girl. Okay, so mm. I could have clipped that one a little bit early. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't. Uh, there, There is a lot of illicit drug use in this movie. Um, okay, I mean, I'm listening to the music, mm-hmm. and it's very... I think that's, like, kind of the tip-off, because yeah. if you're going to have a porno, it's not going to have, like, stepwise motion, like, half semitones, and, Listen like... You know, really intense rhythmic stuff. So, my my um, my first impression is it has to be a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but my instincts have steered me wrong. I'm going to go against my initial thought and say this is a porno. So actually, this one is a little bit of a gimme because this is both. Uh-huh. Um, the I I found uh, a movie from. That destroyed my psyche as a child called Franken. Oh, is this the Franken Frankenhooker? Frankenhooker. Oh. <laughs> and uh, and this movie is definitely a porno, and it is also definitely a horror movie. And it's a splatter horror from like the late 80s, early 90s, super splatter. And uh, and I tell you, man, I was up in like 1989 at like four five years old in the morning and this this movie came on like cinemax at like four in the morning you know i was just a little kid i couldn't sleep i turned it on i was like what is going on and then i saw this hooker like having sex with men and pulling their heads off and like just really just like way too much for me like yeah and uh and I remembered it for so long. And then, like, two years ago, I finally, like, I saw a post on this deep, deep subreddit that was like, what the hell is this movie? And I was like, <gasps> that's the movie! That's the movie! And uh, and so ever since then, I've been kind of going back to it and being like, wow, this is a messed up movie. It is messed up. 
All right, so I got one. I'm on the board. You did. You got one. It's so I need to get. I need to get two more. Okay, so here is clip number four. Bryce, is this a horror movie or a porno? Uh, here it. All right, open your eyes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, hello! Oh my god, it's so big! Oh my god, I've always listened to me here. And you. <laughs> that was a a mildly excited young lady. Um, it's this is a deceptive one. I got to yeah, tell you. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say. I mean, I don't watch a lot of porn, <laughs> but I feel I'm like sure there's a certain kind of scene that would happen that this sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I mean, my, I'm, a, I'm like a little gun shy about my decisions. I'm going to, I'm going to say I'm, my initial reaction has got to be a porno, but you're, you're very tricky. Mm. So I'm going to say this, this is pro this I'll say, I'll guess horror. Oh, you know what? I, I'm sorry. That's actually wrong. This is a porno. <laughs> <laughs> this is big boy, big toy. <laughs> So, uh, so, you know, still, you still got that one point. You're on the board in that, in that regard. Well, I'm not going to win. I will just might as well do the last one. Okay. Here's the last clip. Is this a horror or a porno? And that's sliding a little wet pussy all over this coffee table. I'm going to queef really hard on top of this table. What? The <laughs> what? I was as shocked as you. Oh my god! What's going through your head? You're you're looking. You look kind of. I honestly have no idea what that sound is. Well, she mentions it. Oh, what did she say? Is she farting on the table? No. You, you want me? <laughs> Here we go. Let's play it again. <laughs> And that's sliding a little wet pussy all over this coffee table. I'm gonna queef really hard on top of this table. There you go. There you go. What'd she say? Oh, she was queefing on top of the table. Okay. Now again, this is tricky. You gotta, you gotta work your way through this. There's no horror movie that would have queefing. No and horror movie? Are you none, sure? None. It's got to be a porno. I'm sorry. This was Dead Girl. Yeah. There's a lot of gases that build up inside the body, you know, after death. And, um, you know, this was actually a pretty big title. I don't know if you caught it. I think it was like 2012. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. But nice try. I'd, I'm giving you a round of applause. I'll get it next time. This is a hard game. That's probably the hardest game we've had so far. Yeah, I'd say so. And with that, uh, I would just like to say thank you so much to all of our listeners for listening to the show, for supporting us, talking to us. Our very favorite thing is when you reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and or YouTube, and um, you know, let us know your thoughts. Let us know that you like the show, or that or that we're terrible people and we suck. And we're really starting to hit kind of an inflection point. It seems like the download numbers are 
going up pretty well, and, and we appreciate any time you share with a friend. We know you probably don't go to see horror movies alone. There's probably uh, a buddy or a group of people that you would feel comfortable seeing horror movies with. So. Or a girl or a special special girl yeah. or boy. Maybe somebody that, that you might treat to a porno afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so invite that friend or special someone to listen to horror movie talk and also invite them to leave a rating. So I, we haven't talked about it in a while, but what we're trying to do is get up to 200 ratings so that we can get ver- verified by Rotten Tomatoes. Not quite there. I think we're sitting at 33 right now. So if you have an iPhone or if any of your family has an iPhone, just go to that Apple podcast, leave a rating. You don't even have to leave a review. Just a rating's fine. Just flip that bitch open and, you know, let us have that love coming down coming down through the interwebs. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can, of course, become a patron on Patreon. We have a link for that in our at the top of our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com. Same thing with our Amazon account. If you would like to shop on Amazon, just make sure you click through our link. I know that's a little bit harder with uh, the app on your phone. I don't know. Uh, we should probably find a workaround so that people can can actually, you know, click through our link on their phone. But they can't. Well, I mean, and not get into the app, probably. What? Why, but, why would that be a problem? Well, because you go to to horrormovietalk.com, you click a link, but then now you need to open the app on your phone too. Like it brings you that would bring you to a website. Oh, it opens the app automatically. <gasps> oh shit, people. I have break <coughs> breaking news. If you click the link on our website, it opens your app automatically. So there you go. You have no excuse now. Special thanks to all the beautiful people out there and our new patron whose name is, I believe, Jennifer? Uh, hold on. Jennifer, you're right. Jennifer, of course I'm right. Jennifer D. Yeah, thank she, you so we much. We asked her how she, where she found us, and she found us searching on Google. Just looking for a horror movie podcast. So. On the Googs. The SEO works, David. Hooray! And with that, y'all have a great day, great week, great month. Wait, sorry, one last thing. Oh, okay. Uh, we should probably mention we've we've talked about Shutter in the past, and we've received some comments from some people that the Shutter code yeah. isn't working mm-hmm. right now. We're, we are in the middle of trying to fix it. I have received some responses from Shutter, but uh, nothing satisfactory yet. The code stopped working a little while ago, and I don't have an explanation for you yet. But yet, but maybe next episode. Yeah. So. Hold off on using the Shutter code for now. Yeah, hold off on subscribing to Shutter for now. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Go on record and say, "Hey, just uh, just wait, maybe." Yeah, just give it a little look. See. Anyway, with that, thank you so much. Thank you, and have a great week, and have a great month, and have a great year, and we love you very much. And bye bye. Bye.